episode of Dear Hollow Heroes. As the year moves from summer to autumn, that can only mean a few things. Halloween merch is up in stores way too early. There's pumpkin spice everything, and the MLB postseason looming, and the NFL season is back. I'm here with Meek Man Liam Meekum. What's up, guys? And Rose Pierre Rob Kelly. Am I allowed to start talking now? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. What's up? How are we doing? He yelled at me so much earlier. Well, that's what you guys get for interrupting. Have this yes, stuff. we were. We were interrupting a lot. The, yeah, I couldn't get through the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get right into it. The NFL season is back. People have canceled all their regular Sunday plans to Fair sit enough. down and watch their favorite team for three drama-filled, exhilarating hours. But we're, what we're really going to talk about is the Halloween merch that's up too early. That's what today's show is about. I thought it was going to be the pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> I went to Starbucks to try it earlier today. I thought we were doing a full-on review. And this is why it took so long <laughs> to get through the intro. Anyway, what is something that everyone should be excited for for this NFL season, and what is something that people should not get their hopes up for? Just to start off, Something I'm excited for is the Baltimore Ravens offense. Just because I have no idea how it's going to look, but it looks very promising from the outside. On paper, if you will. With Lamar Jackson as a MVP caliber quarterback. Odell, who is a good receiver, or has been a good receiver in past years, coming off of injury, but can still be a good receiver. Zay Flowers, who is a highly anticipated rookie. And the return of a couple of injured Ravens, either on the line or other receivers or running backs as well. I'm just very excited to see them run. The thing I'm most excited for is just that football's back. I can't (laughs) wait. I've I've said it so many times. You guys have probably heard it a million times just throughout the week, throughout the past month. I just, I I can't wait. I can't wait to Thursdays, Sundays, Mondays, just all football. Can't wait. I can't wait to just sit down. And what we do at our house is we just put every single game on and we watch them all at once. I think the most exciting thing for the for the NFL season has got to be in the NFL itself. Because I'm very, very, very curious how the Jets are going to play out. Yeah, that's going to be a very interesting. That whole team. division is going to be fun. The Bears are going to play out because is Justin Fields that guy that the NFL wants him to be, or is he the most overrated player? Like we, I someone? am not a believer. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of people. Well, my fantasy team's rooting for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you missed the fantasy draft. Would you have drafted Justin Fields if not? Anyways, we got to start with. Two Super Bowl contenders in the 49ers and the Chiefs. And their very notable defenders, Nick Boza and Chris Jones, are still holding out of their contracts while the first week of the season is approaching. And also, Travis Kelsey, there's, of course, the Chiefs' star tight end, and Pat Mullen's most reliable target, has just hyperextended his knee two days before kickoff. How big of an impact will this loss be on two? And Super Bowl. Well, which one do we want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about the defenders or do we want to talk about Kelsey? I would say the defenders. Okay. All right. Before we start, I have a question. This isn't the first time this has happened, especially this year. Why can players hold out, especially so close to the start of the season, without a contract if they already have contracts, let's say, on the book? Um, Nick Bosa is on the books for $17 million in 2023. Mm Mm-hmm. He's holding out for, according to Yahoo Sports, a $32 million contract a year. A year yeah. contract. But he's on, according to my one website that I use for contracts, it's uh, sporttrack.com. He, they have him on 2023 as the highest paid year of his contract so far. It is still his rookie deal. Yeah. 
It's they usually back end it like that. Yeah. yeah. So if it if if it's the fourth year of his deal going into this year, how can he hold out if he's still under that? So contract? a lot of play, we see a lot of players doing this, and it feels like more and more every year, which sucks. Um, just kind of distracts from the game. But anyways, I think a lot of players don't have. First of all, they don't have guaranteed money. A lot of it is incentive-based and then uh, like signing bonuses, stuff like that. And then you get your guaranteed money. Um, And then even if you sit out, which you are more than welcome to do, but you are also incurring fines from the league, Um, you're making minimal money. It all depends on how uh, certain contracts are structured. Uh Uh, But I can't imagine Nick Bosa, he's going to get much because it's still his rookie deal. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna lose a lot of money, but he feels that he's worth more and he's willing to take that risk. I mean, how could you not sign him, right? No, yes, it's completely understandable. He needs to be signed. They're gonna want to sign him. But in comparison to Chris Jones's contract, who you also brought up, his was a initially signed as a four year, eighty million dollar contract. This is so he's already played three years on that deal. Mm-hmm. Going into the year four, he does have an opt out for this year. That is a part of his contract, but the thing that I'm questioning is why are they why why wait so long? Why wait right before the season starts to, you know? I don't know. Maybe they were having conversations about contract I'm talks. Sure. But if you just opted out in general, another team would have signed probably tried to sign you, especially a player like they uh, like Chris Jones. Yeah, and. Even the Chiefs might have just given you a new contract. Well, I think also what a lot of people forget is these people are exactly that. They're people. They're not robots. And things happen. It's not like he wanted to do this. I can't imagine his master plan was to hold out until three days before the season and then start complaining about his contract. Um, But stuff happens. He felt like he was worth more than he was getting paid, and he sat out. I just, I'm not personally a fan of sitting out, um, just because I don't think it's fair to the teams. If the team signs you to a huge contract, and you're not worth it, the team doesn't go back and say, hey, we're going to pay you less money because you're not worth it. No, you pay the entire contract. If a player signs a bad deal for himself, he shouldn't be allowed to go, no, I want more money, I think I'm worth it. It works two ways. It does. Just so, you know, last year he made... $20 $20 million on his contract. He was expected to make uh, about the same this year. Which is not bad, especially for a D-tackle. No, especially for a D-tackle. That's also pending every sort of, you know, uh, what's it called when there's the variables in the contract? It's The uh, incentives? The incentives, yeah. yes. Because his does seem largely incentives-based because it was only 37 guaranteed at signing of an $80 million contract. Yeah, I mean, $37 million guaranteed, like I said, the rest is in incentives. You're losing a lot in incentives if you want to sit out. I think that first of all, twenty million a year for Chris Jones is not crazy out of the realm of possibility. Because you're now, don't get me wrong, he is the anchor of the defense that has led to two Super Bowl championships. He is the best defender on that team. He is the reason that they're as successful as they are. He is probably well. I don't know if he's the reason. He's not. He's not. Some, he's it's well, Patrick he's, Mahomes. He's, well, he's top he's a reason their defense is. Is good, which yeah, is half that. the side of the ball. Like if you, if you look at it, yeah, there's shootouts that no, you wonder. He's, no, he's very good. Exactly. So that's my point. He's very good. So he's, he's very worth good. more than twenty million. He's probably part of, I would say, at least one of the top five reasons that they are where they are. Yeah. Uh, and but I, also, if you really believe in your play that much, 
play this year, get the big contract next year. The thing is, is that when you hold out like that, and what if he gets an injury? That's what he's thinking. And what, what if, if he, he holds out and he's not worth as much as he thinks on a on a market? That's the risk he's willing to take. And that's a risk that he's... Is it worth more than making your money and then signing the big contract next year? Apparently to him, yeah. He thinks he's worth it. Which, it's we've seen in history, doesn't really work out too well. Le'Veon Bell has gone on well, record saying after his holdout for a year, well, he yeah. regrets it. If, you were, if you're actually going to hold out the entire year, it's tough to recover from. Especially a running back. Chris Jones, I feel like... I mean, first of all, he's spending a lot of money on this uh, holdout. I think he's at near $2 million. And just That's what he's lost it. so far? Yeah. Wow. $2 million just lost. Yeah, because you lose money throughout training camp when you hold out. Yep, and then he lost his $500,000 bonus yep. for just going. Yep. And uh, I think that's a huge problem. But I think, the I think again, as we said, especially with the injury to Travis Kelsey, this is their okay. second and third right, best let's, player. Let's talk about Travis Kelsey then. It, he missed the ACL tear. His ACL is not torn. There's no permanent damage. He's going to be out one, maybe two weeks. He may even play against the Lions. But that's... I wouldn't play him against the Lions. Cause I it, wouldn't... I mean, listen. First of all, he's been healthy since 2013. That's impressive. That's impressive right there. It is. Of course, the one year I draft him at first uh, round in fantasy, he gets hurt. But, nonetheless... He should be okay. He's not one of those players that always has lingering injuries. He's not always getting hurt. He should be okay. If you want to rest him a week, rest him a week. But I don't think it's worth blowing out of proportion. It's also a good week to rest him on. It is week one, but they're playing the Colts. No, they're playing the Lions. Playing the Lions. I'm sorry. The Lions are a good team this year. They are a good team. Or prospective good team. They are, we, don't, we don't know yet. They are a prospective good team, but it's also the reigning Super Bowl champions going up against Yeah, but... Chris Jones is potentially holding out. You lost Travis your, Kelsey is now not going to play. You lost your most reliable receiver, who is blatantly obvious the guy that he needs on yeah. that offense. Yeah. And you lost your anchor on defense. That is that's huge, and that's going to be a major problem for a team that has a very high powered offense in the Lions. And now the big question is: Can Again, Jared Goff perspective? Because we really haven't seen anything from the Lions yet. We don't know. Well, they Jared won. Jared Goff is all over the place. They won seven of eight to end the season, though. I believe we haven't seen anything from the running back. Their quarterback is notably extremely inconsistent. We don't know what kind of season he could have. Their defense is okay. They're not crazy. They have Aiden Hutchinson, but the the big signee they brought in was C J Gardner Johnson. He got hurt he out for the season. Yeah. I forgot about that one. So people are people love the Lions, and that's fine. But I'm on Ross St. Brown. What is this? His third year, second year, second, second third, year, third, third, one of them. I mean, it's he's still young. We don't know what we're getting from him yet. But we but we say that. But then we he has a Jamison phenomenal, Williams suspended again. He has a phenom- he's still not coming back. He has a phenomenal season, just like Garrett Wilson. But then on one perspective, you think I'm not Garrett saying he's going to be bad. Is amazing, and then you go. Um, Tom Ross St. Brown, who was phenomenal, but he wasn't as touted. Ben, there's a lot of pieces that could not move into place for them. Oh, of course. I agree. And they still have, I I know people don't like to like the Vikings, but they still have the Vikings in their division. Oh, no, I think the Vikings are going to walk away with that division. Granted, their defense is also bad. Their defense is bad. Really bad. But Kirk Cousins is way better than people. Kirk Cousins is good, and Justin Jefferson is a a game-breaker. He's so good. You have too much. You have too. There's too much firepower on that offense. I think it's just it's just more established. 
It's the Packers' year. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but anyway, back to the point. I think that the loss of Chris Jones is going to really be more notable than Nick Boza, in my opinion, because not because I think Nick Boza is better than Chris Jones. I just think they can fill the hole. There's more of, pieces around Nick Boza. You have Fred Warner. Yeah. You have. I think the whole D line's phenomenal. Yeah, it's, they're just it's a better D. So just the defense would be fine, but I think that this. This loss of Chris Jones is going to probably last longer, too, in my opinion. And I think it could affect... I don't think it's going to affect them playoff-bound-wise, but I think it could affect their seeding. It yeah. could, uh, a loss because Chris Jones could have made a play might affect first seed to second seed, but, of course, the Bengals, True. the Bills, the Jets, oh, no, the, the AFC Dolphins. Is still they're loaded. too stacked for you to loaded. have this problem. I mean, even the Chargers in their division, we never know what the Chargers are going to give us. Week in and week out, we don't know what the Chargers are going to give us. If Justin Herbert decides to play consistent for a year, they could be a phenomenal team. Well, he's all over the place, and there's a lot of people on either side of the aisle saying he's social media QB, or he's he's the most talented QB the league's ever seen. This is a make-it-or-break-it year. But we've been saying that. It's not a make-it-or-break-it year because he just got signed. You're right. He just got his contract. Fair. But, he got one of the biggest contracts a quarterback has ever got. I mean, the Chargers, be- the, the Chargers believe in him, which you should. There's not many quarterbacks that come around uh, like him um, with at least his arm talent. But I, I don't know. Is he going to be worth it? Is that contract going to hurt the team? Who knows? Because we, we, we haven't seen consistent play out of him. Exactly. And part of that is also receivers staying healthy. Keenan Allen's always hurt. Mike Williams is always hurt. The tight ends are always inconsistent. But he has and that amazing defense hair. Will- he does have good hair, um, but the defense That's also point, lets up an absurd amount of points. We're going to move on to college ball for a little bit. I think that this was pr- quite possibly. Now, I'm not a huge college football watcher. I don't think. Are you? I don't think Liam. You're not. And, I'm not. No. Yeah, Rob. You, are you a huge college football watch? I wouldn't say huge, but if it's Saturday, I'm watching college football. Huge watcher. Huge. <laughs> So, I got to say, though, I put it on because, I was, you know, as you said, I was, like, itching for anything. So, I put on a couple games, but then, of course, my phone was notifying me to watch other games. So, I was tuned in to go watch, of course, this Colorado game versus TCU, where Coach Primetime Deion Sanders led this team of, I wouldn't say they're misfits, but they led this team that nobody had faith in against a... TCU, 17th ranked in the nation team, and he won 45-42. to I would just like to point out that uh, I took the money line, so I, I would say I had faith in them, while the rest of the world didn't. So I think, you know, you got to give me some credit for the win, too. <laughs> you knew. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway does, does a win like this, and for example, also what happened is Duke beating Clemson, Duke beating Clemson was really funny because, one, Duke is a famous basketball college, and they've never really done great football-wise. It's always been a joke if anyone from the Duke football team gets drafted. Yeah, it's a shocker. Jones. Yes, exactly. But it was really funny. After the game, the quarterback, after they won, the Duke fans, they stormed the field. The quarterback, in his post-game interview, asked his professor for an extension <laughs> on his most recent assignment, and the professor's response was, all the uh, linemen on your team actually already submitted it, so no. Oh! <laughs> all his own linemen already did true? all the homework. Yes. Wow. 
they already did all the work, so he doesn't get the extension. I just thought that was really funny. That is funny. But I did want to bring up, you mentioned the Colorado game. I watched that game the entire time. It was one of the best football games I've ever just watched. If you have the chance to just watch the recap on YouTube or wherever you can watch it, I do. Because uh, Shadur Sanders Mm -hmm. had 510 yards that game. Yeah, It was phenomenal. I'm trying to find the player who did both offense and defense because there was one player who, who had snaps on both offense and defense. He and played he had, corner and wide receiver. Corner and wide receiver, yes. I'm trying to... Two really difficult positions to play. True. Yes. I'm trying to find his name because I want to give him credit because he had some amazing plays on both sides of the ball. It's just something you don't see no, in football. No, you never see it. I want to say... I think Travis Dion Hunter. actually did that back in his college days. He did he in the NFL. You're right, it is Travis Hunter. Yeah, he played a little bit in the NFL. Yeah, a little bit. But his name is Travis Hunter. Yes, Travis Hunter did a phenomenal job playing. And what Deion... I don't know what you know Deion Sanders has done you know, to the team structurally, but just the different energy he brought to a team that only won one game all of last season and won a dogfight against a team that was in the championship last year... Well, really they, they also they lost their quarterback. I mean, it's a different team than what was it's, last year. It's really not all that different. It's run by the same coach. And listen, they still put up 42 points. It's not like TCU is a perennial contender, though. I'm not. It neither was sh- is Colorado. It was a sh- But my point is, it's not like it's David and Goliath here. It, it was pretty much It was It, it was a great win, and it was an, a nice underdog win. But TCU isn't going to win the championship this year. No. They're not even going to the playoffs. So here's my question, though. Does a victory like this with Colorado beating TCU, the former second-place team last year, does this give you faith that football can, college football can become a more revolving door of success than it used to be with just three to four teams always in the mix every year? Now, TCU last year did kind of begin a little bit of that with no one believing them to go as far as they did. But does Deion Sanders' win help you believe that this could be more of a revolving door? Or is it just Deion Sanders being a phenomenal it, coach this and has nothing that's to, about it? This has nothing to do with Deion Sanders. Listen, it will Not be more nothing of a... To no, no. It, can I at least finish yeah, my sentence ahead, first? His question was about the revolving door of it not just being Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. and Georgia every year. That all changes as soon as NIL deals became accepted yeah, amongst college say, football. Yeah. So now that players are being incentivized to go to different schools so they can make more money depending on which school they go to is going to change the landscape of college football as we know it this year. Next year they're doing a new playoff format altogether, which yep. is going to change things entirely. And also... The Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. College football is changing as we know it this season. And this is just the first step into a different wave of college football, and I'm just very excited to watch all of it. Is that going to make it more viewable? Yes. For sure. That's why I don't watch it. It's so unbalanced. Anyway, we are going to move on to the UFC. We have UFC 293 on Saturday night. Adesanya versus Strickland. It is going to be... Uh, it's on September 9th at 10 p.m. is the start of the main event. And there's prelims and early prelims as per usual. And it is in Sydney, Australia. So it's going to be a very, very loud, loud fight, I would say. 
Ooh, because Ty's fighting. Ty's fighting, dude. Ty's fighting. I can't wait. He beat me to the punch. It is going to be a very... So is, so is Ty. <laughs> is it Can we just talk about this real quick, too? How great is it that they put a great card in on the first week of football? Yeah. You know how dangerous that is to everyone? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good weekend. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to get no sleep. Yeah. Because I'm going to wake up, watch Saturday morning, and Saturday... I'm going to watch Saturday morning... Uh, college ball. College football talk shows, followed by college football. Yep. And then I'm going to stay up till midnight to watch these to watch fights. The fights. And then I'm going to spend all day Sunday watching football. Yep. The only sleep I'm going to get is Saturday night till Sunday at 1230. Yep. Because I can't wake up at 1 o'clock. I already have missed kickoff. I think the two fights we need to talk about here is the main event and the co-main event. I don't think it's a co-main event, but it's the other event. Which is, we're going to start with the other one. The heavyweight bout between... Number six ranked Tai Tuivasa and the number seventh ranked Alexander Volkov. I think this is going to be a very interesting fight. But first thing I have to say though is how did Tai move all the way down to six after losing just once to uh, all the way down to six? I, I mean, I love Tai just as much as the next guy. He's so much fun. I love seeing him do shoeies. But I don't think he's that good of a fighter. Really? Tai? Do you think he's good enough to hold a belt? Tai Tuivasa is one of the most entertaining fighters in all of UFC. That is a, a fact. He is fun to watch. He is entertaining. He is great at stand-up fighting, but as soon as someone can get him on the ground or knock him over some sort of way, get him off balance at all, yeah. that is the end of well, the fight. to be fair, he's actually put up some good uh, punches while staggered. He um, has. And he's actually, he's won a fight while staggered, which is great, but the problem is, he's getting staggered. He doesn't have secure feet under him all the time. No, he doesn't. He's, he, you see mediocre fighters hitting him in the face quite a bit, and I, I don't know. I hope he develops, he's still a young guy, there's plenty of hope, but right now he's not a belt holder. Are you going to tell me, though, that all these fighters are better than Ty? Of course, no dispute who's the best. It's the heavyweight champion, John Jones. No yeah, but he, I think he's going to retire soon. Yeah, but for now. We're talking yeah. right now. He's still on the list. Yeah. And the number one contenders, there's two. It's, of course, Cyril Gaon. He's better. And Sergi Pavlo- Pavlovich. I don't even know how to Sergey. Sergey. Uh, I don't know that much about him. Me neither. Okay. Anyway, so then three is Stipe. He's better, but he's old. And Steve then, A is old, but he is a great fighter. Uh, and then there's Tom Aspinall. Aspinall's better. And then Curtis Blades. Blades is close. Curtis Blades probably has one of the best names in the UFC. Oh, that's it's so cool. Curtis I think, Blades. I think Ty probably beats Blades. I'm a little scared for Volkov, though. I mean, it's... I think it's one of those fights that... What, it'll probably end by knockout. Or at least, you know, a technical knockout. Yeah, because they, they both do like... They like people. swinging. Yeah. They both like swinging for the fences and hope they hit someone's face instead. Mm-hmm. It should be... It should be a good, you know... It should be a good fight. I'm just hoping it doesn't end in the first round type of fight. But would I don't that f- be that upsetting? I always... Probably I don't not, care. I just like watching ends. longer fights. I like seeing how long a fighter can, you know, stay in the ring, how much stamina they have, how well they can True. keep their footing no, after I like two, wars. three rounds. I do like wars, but a good battle is awesome too. 
Oh, yeah. I think, you know, it all also depends on how the fight happens. Yeah. You know, if it's the weirdest knockout you've ever seen in the first 15 seconds of your fight, and you're like, well, that was disappointing. Yeah. It, I think either way, it should be an entertaining fight. Uh, so Tai Tuivasa, plus 205. Okay. And he's the dog. I think I, it's about right. Yeah. I think it's about right. I mean, Volkov has 36 career wins to Tai's 15. Mm-hmm. He just has the experience on him. He's and only he's only four years older. Yeah. <laughs> that that was the part that kind of shocked me the most. Is yeah. I didn't realize Ty is 30. He's been fighting for a long time. Um, do we think Strickland has a shot? No. No. A shot? Oh, he has a shot. He has a shot. He's like, plus 460. And Izzy is minus 650. It's just... Izzy being minus 650 is ridiculous. I'm not taking that. No way. I, just, I don't know. Is he? He's lost two fights. He's he's, he's just so good. He's lost two fights, and one he's of them so is to his literal arch nemesis. And the other one is because he was yeah, but fifteen pounds. Pereira lighter. himself is not that good. I don't. I don't he's, know. He's ranked third in light heavyweight. Adesanya has because he was the champion. He also beat everyone to get to Adesanya. No, they gave him the fight early because of the rivalry. Okay. The UFC. Picks and chooses a little bit at least. Well, you got to think though. Adesanya has the height, he has the reach, he has the leg reach. That always the only thing he doesn't, doesn't have is that. really the weight. I think he has him in just, you know, he's just a phenomenal fighter. He's good standing. He's good on the ground. He is good everywhere. But here's something interesting though. Strickland lands more punches per minute. Uh, he absorbs more per minute. He's absorbed more per minute, and his defense is better. The only thing that Adesanya has when it comes to actual fighting is he lands more significant strikes on his strikes. His strikes are more significant. That is something to take in consideration. It is. There's there's a there's a way that Sean Strickland can win this fight. And Izzy, I'm not gonna lie. As of recent, those two losses have come as of recent. It's not like he's been rock solid. It, the first loss was a long time ago. I think it was a. Oh, was it? It was when a COVID, he moved up. It was a COVID battle. It was a COVID battle. It was like, after COVID. It was when he moved up to to light was, heavyweight. Or, yeah. Uh, when when do you think that happened? Couldn't have been too long ago. I think that was twenty, early twenty two. I think it was late twenty one. Could have been either or, but these fights are always spaced apart. Just mostly for the fighters. It was in March of 2021. That's a while ago. Well, honestly, but in fighting terms, that's not that long ago. Well, it's a while though. He won a couple fights. That's about what, like six fights? Yeah. And then he's lost one within two fights. Two fights total. Yeah. So his last six, he's four and two. That's still a winning record. It is, I mean, he's he's a champ for a reason. Yeah, he's not. I'm not saying he's bad, but the, we've seen Izzy lose. He won. Yeah, he's four. He's four and two in the last six fights. Four and two in his last six fights. Uh, there's just never really been a time I've watched him fight and thought the fight isn't his. And let's not also discount he lost the winner. I'm, I'm just trying to remember the Whitaker fight. Uh, it was he won three of five rounds, in my opinion, easily. But in the judge's opinion, the champion won. 
and that was it. The champion won. Yeah, but when it comes to the decision, UFC loves just keeping they the... They love, like, they love the just giving it back to the champion. But Whitaker won that fight. So really, if you if you really break it down, he's 3-3 three and three in his last six fights. That's based on your opinion. It is based on my opinion. Based. But I, I know Ben watched it, and he felt the same way. I did feel the same way, but at the end of the day, you can't, can't like, we're not paid to make the decision. We're not paid. <laughs> Unlike those <laughs> college athletes. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing this for fun. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm allowed to have an opinion. You saying Izzy's going to win the fight is an opinion. Me saying Izzy lost that fight to Whitaker is an opinion, but if you watch that fight, there's a little bit of merit behind it. No, I, I'm not saying... Izzy's guaranteed to win. It's just everything he's shown you is the odds are clearly in his favor. He is the chip. He may have lost the belt once, but he got it back. I don't think he wants to lose it again. If I'm being honest, if the pace he's at... I'm sorry, you do or don't think he wants to lose it again? I don't. Okay. Why would, I don't think why he would does he want either. To? Why would he want to? <laughs> I just can't believe you said that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he wants to lose it either, man. I, I wouldn't mind losing it. My, my, <laughs> I don't care. I, my train of thought left the station. I didn't board it. I don't even remember where I was going could with you, that. I'm sorry. Could you imagine, though, that if Adesanya, who just got announced that he is the cover athlete for UFC 5, I believe. Did he really? I think so. I didn't even see that. I think so. I think that's confirmed. It would be really rough for him to completely you know, lose the belt. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, I think it got announced 12 hours ago, so... That's a real bummer. Right before his fight, they That's did that real on purpose, bummer. yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm not much of an Izzy guy myself. Well, I'm still going to tune into the fight because he's fun to watch either way. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. It should be a Can't good card. I just think he's so corny. You don't like his entrances. I don't like his entrances. I don't like his press conferences. I, don't, I just don't like him. He's a great fighter and he's fun to watch. Can't take that away from him. But I just... I just you have you have your personal vendettas with random people, I swear. That's not true. Well, you kind of do. Just don't Dominic bring up, Rogers. Just don't Cromart- bring up Dominique Rogers Cromarty. You hate that man. I cannot stand him. He was the worst corner. He was terrible. We'll get back to that. He loved day. getting burnt. He was all speed. How can he be all speed but still get burnt? Right, you would think. But he was just he was running with his hands up, just praying that they weren't going to find him. Hey, that's what I would have done too. But I'm also not a professional and football you player. You wouldn't have been paid twenty million dollars a year. You're right. I'm five eight, not even two hundred pounds. I probably would have never made it into the league. Speaking of a person that has just made it to the league, we're gonna move to MLB. Last week we saw the Yankees sweep the Astros. Jason Dominguez just got called up, but he hit two home runs in that series, and the lineup was filled with five young players the Yankees fan base has been itching to see. Well, obviously two of them are already up. Three of them are already up, but two of them got called up for that series. But are these Yankee Utes, as they're called, the answer, or is more needed to turn the team around? You saying the Yankee Utes, as they're called, <laughs> the Utes. made you sound so old. I was so excited to call them the Yankee Utes because everyone because has been. He's but the now, resident old man. And I don't want to call them the Yankee Utes. They're all younger than I am. Every single one of them is younger than I am. And that is baffling to me. It is weird to think about. The youngest one's 20. Jason Domingo was born in 2003. Now, the Yankee Utes. I can't get over it. This is also the first time that the Yankees have swept the Houston Astros 
uh, in Houston since Andy Pettit played his last game in Houston. It, it's been a while. It was a very fun series for the Yankees to play. Jason Dominguez hitting a home run with his first ever swing in Major League Baseball had me jumping like a little child because for the past four years, since 2019, I've been told this guy is the next coming of Lou Gehrig, Mike Trout, whoever you want Who's to say. Who's telling you that? People love saying, saying prospects are better than they were. I don't think Lou Gehrig said that. A lot of his player comps were like that. And, you know, talk shows and other things, they, they always like to hype up prospects more than they probably should. But they were saying Jason Dominguez is supposed to be this next big guy. And I've been excited to hear to see him play. He's projected to start in 2024, which is next season. I'm glad they called him up, and I'm glad he's doing well. He already has two home runs. Uh, he had his first home game tonight where he had a base hit, his first game at Yankee Stadium. It's exciting that the Yankees are calling up these prospects, but I also learned that it was Steinbrenner's call to call up the kids, not Cashman, because Steinbrenner was so upset with Cashman's ability to run the front office this year. Was it really? Yes. I didn't even know that. Uh, that is something I found out not too long ago. You know what's funny? I was just thinking to myself, this is really going to help Cashman. This is this might save his job. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't his decision. It now Cashman might, might advised really against it. Yeah, he advised against it. The Yankees have not lost since calling up uh, Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells, the catcher, who I was very excited to see come up because he's a lefty catcher. Uh, I when I played baseball, I was a lefty catcher. You don't see many of those. He is. So yeah. you're saying you're as good or better than Jay, or, uh, as Wells? I, I'd say he's a little bit better than I am personally, just because he's at Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, I still probably have a better power swing than he does. I would say so. But his defense is better than mine. I can say that much. Okay. Which Fair is enough. that's how we got the leg up. Me and him, we actually did rock paper scissors when they called him out mm-hmm. to see who would do it. Okay. Because we both grew out our mustaches. He had, he had his. I had my. We just did rock paper scissors because it's, we figured when we went, they wouldn't notice if I was also. Now, if you were to have a mustache contest for the roster spot, who would have the roster spot? I'd I'd say I would. I just, would. You don't have a mustache. You you wouldn't be able to play as with, with the Yankees as is because of your beard. They wouldn't let you play. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't let you play either. By the way, what a what a just absolute tangent we went on. That that's the point of the show. Fair. Anyway, moving on. We're <laughs> Ben's famous transitions. Anyway, moving on. So I think that this call, first of all, yeah, I agree with you. I think Cashman is should be fired. Yeah, should have been fired two years ago. Yeah, he should have been fired last year. Don't get me wrong. If All he of was, those. This is my theory, though. If he was fired two years ago, I think he'd be remembered as a great GM. He would have. And now he's just going to be remembered as a schlub. No, he'll still be remembered as a good GM who brought, what, three rings to the Yankees franchise since he was promoted to GM? But also ruined the chance of three If you more. give it time, people will forget. Yeah, fair. But I think He that, has more than one ring as a GM. He's going to be Especially with this new move, if these guys pan out. It still looks like it was his move but, to bring them up. But that doesn't matter if how Steinbrenner is the person that sees this all, and if he saw that and he made this move, that, that's all that matters. Now, another team could pick him up because no one thought about that, but for the Yankees, he's pretty much... I would be shocked if he remains. Uh, I would I say wouldn't, he's done. I'm, I'm not going to be... He's got to be done. Uh, he signed a four-year contract uh, before this year started, so I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around a little bit longer. They re-signed him before the season? Yes. Both him and Aaron Boone. They both got new contracts before the season started. What are you doing, Hal? <laughs> That's pretty bad. 
But there, I mean, there were signs last year. Yes, there were. But I, I think it's just because of the history they have. Uh, the Steinbrenner and Cashman family go way back, just together. Like, they've, I'm pretty sure the two pretty much grew up together. Who cares? Cashman and Steinbrenner. Those are the only two people that care, and that's the issue. But you got, I guess. But this is something I look at as well, though, for the Yankees, though. The, the problems you solved, though, as much as you really didn't need to fully solve it, you did solve the center field. You now have your center fielder. You now have your shortstop. You now have your catcher. The, pr- the question marks here is left field and third base and potentially second base. So what happens there? Because you know Dominguez isn't going anywhere. You know Volpe isn't going anywhere. And probably Wells is either the backup or the starter. What's happening with... Do you think that Peraza is the guy to be on one of those infield positions? I'm, do you keep Torres or Melamehu? And then left field, what happens there? Um, personally, what I want to see happen is I want to see DJ LeMahieu at third base. He, I don't want to see them move him to first base even if Rizzo's back but can't play because he's a gold glover. At He's been a gold glover at second base and a gold glover utility. He's good at third base. I'm fine with Peraza or Torres at second base. I, I don't, you know, whether or not they sign Torres or just let Peraza take the job is really up to them. Torres has been a top five second baseman in baseball for the past three years, just at, at the end of the season. Now, he has his highs and lows throughout the season, but he's been very consistent throughout all, all the seasons, all, all the best three seasons especially at second base, which is a position that doesn't get a lot of consistency. So either there, either one there is fine. Left field is really the major question. Um, who'd they call up to put there? Do you remember Pereira? Pereira, Pereira he, he's looking fine. It's early as a young kid started out in left field. I That one is really my only true question mark, is left field. But that also raises the question about Cashman that left field has been the question mark for the past three years as well. Fair. I think that the, you need to go out. There's two things that I've discovered so far from this week. Uh, number one is my take on Stan has not changed on it being a bad signing. But I will give him credit because we were harsh on him last week. That he is a clutch player. He just is not worth that much money. No. Not, a, there's all. really not much he can do. To be worth that much no, money. No. Today he became the fourth fastest player to ever hit 400 career home runs. That's great. Today. just I'm, I'm just putting that out there. It still does not make him worth the money. I guess not, if that's what you think. You think he's worth how much you're buying him? Yes. You can't get a left fielder because of it. You're okay with that. Who's saying we DH? can't get a left fielder because of him? Who says we can't get a cheap left fielder? He is the biggest handicap for... For production slash salary, you've—I mean, I've heard you say left field probably upwards of twenty times between our uh, the last two weeks. Yeah. And you think Giancarlo Stanton is worth his contract? And by the way, Giancarlo Stanton was brought in to be potentially a left fielder, and they—he can't even play the position. I understand that he—you're saying he can't play. He can play the position. Okay, but not good. Yeah, and the Phillies are running Kyle Schwarber out in left field every day. He, but he's, they shouldn't be. It's still better. It's still better something. Better than what? Better than what the Yankees have had in left field. It's, Which is not John Carlos Stanton. You're right. It's not. Now, here's the thing. 
I'm not in charge of putting Giancarlo Stanton in left field or keeping him at DH. I think it's been an issue with Aaron Boone and the Yankees deciding he is a DH and not putting him in left field. You think he's a good left fielder? I, I, the Yankees didn't give him enough run. I, I don't think he has. When the Yankees put Giancarlo Stanton in left or right field, he, he does better at the plate. He does bat better when he plays in the field. What does that matter? You're losing a defender. He's playing defense. He's a good defender. He, it, when you watch him play defense, he's good. Sure, he might not be fast. You can say he's not fast, but I he makes plays in the outfield. I've seen him do it as a Yankee. I saw him do it as a Marlin. I know he can do it. So the issue is that the Yankees just aren't doing it. Okay. They see, they might I mean, see something that... We'll see. They see something that we'll maybe see. we don't. But my biggest thing here is it is with the situation you're dealt, at the end of the day, what the Yankees are doing and everything you see here, exactly. he is the biggest handicap. Your three biggest salary players... And to pay him that much and then not use them. Your biggest three salaries are Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton. One is your best player. Two is your best pitcher. Three is your, like, fifth like, best player. I was going to say fifth, <laughs> sixth, sixth what, best player. Where is he batting in the order now? Fourth. Fifth. No, he bats fourth. No, he bat fifth tonight. Fifth. Bat fifth? So he's going down the line, though. Who bat fourth? Torres. Oh, man. So what are we really they talking trust, about They here? trust Torres to get a home run more likely than, than... They brought him in to be the four-hole hitter. By the way, I just want to say much. Stanton now has more home runs than Anthony Volpe. He did it. That's okay. cool. Good for him. He beat the rookie shortstop. Ben's useless stat of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it also is to reiterate that like he is supposed to be your power hitter and yeah, he he's competing. He's not for more home but runs. But also, Volpe has played every game. That is true. Yeah, Volpe's missed one game yeah, and he didn't even miss it. The coach a, just didn't put him in the it's lineup. It's a little bit of a skewed stat. That's fair. But anyway. After losing three out of four to the Braves, the Dodgers sit in a very unusual spot. With the likely loss of Julio Urias due to domestic violence arrest, are the Dodgers still lined up to make a championship run, or are they weaker than we thought? The Dodgers are still the Dodgers. Yes, they could still make a championship run. Their lineup is very well constructed. It's not full of stars. It's still going to be tough to beat the Braves. They couldn't they do it have in the four stars, games. They, yes. Yeah. Listen... Losing uh, Urias is a major blow to them, but this is also his second offense. I don't know if he's ever going to play Major League Baseball again, at least in the United States. I wouldn't... It'd be overseas with Bauer. Yes, exactly. That's that, That's what I'm thinking. Pitching to Wander. <laughs> yeah, at this point, you're right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, and Deshaun Watson's still playing. <laughs> Plays quarterback in the NFL. It's crazy. <laughs> but the thing with the Dodgers that you have to remember is kind of like how this year the Orioles called up all their prospects and are doing really good. That's just what the Dodgers have been doing forever, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to call up their prospects, and their prospects are going to be good because the Dodgers either get new players via trades and make them good or bring up players from the minors and they just are good because they come from the Dodgers organization, and that's what's going to keep them in this fight, along with the one-two punch of the batting order that is Mookie Betts followed by Freddie Freeman. I'm going to say they're weaker than we thought because watching them get beat by the Braves, I come to the realization that it is two players carrying the team. And then once in a while... I mean, they're not as good as the Braves, but did we ever think that? You could rival that they... We never fully thought it, but they were up there to be the one that could beat them. Did you think it? 
There are times where I was wondering, are the Braves just going to collapse when they face the Dodgers? No. No, no way. way. Uh, no way. Uh, the Braves are the best roster in, in baseball. Well, they are. I'm the just only saying, two teams I'm just I saying, expect I've to seen... beat the Braves are the Phillies or the Dodgers. The I... Phillies would have to be hot. Yes, I, I understand that, but... The Dodgers might be able to talent their way through it, but it's doubtful. It's just this year, the Atlanta Braves are such a juggernaut of an offense. Everyone's clicking, and it's not just someone's clicking now, someone's clicking mm-hmm. later. They've all been clicking since game one. Their stats with people on bases are incredible. Their stats in general are incredible. But their it's, amount it's of players really with out. twenty or more home runs on the team is ridiculous. But it's not it's not home run ball, that's the thing. No, it's they're not. scoring two to three every single home run. Oh, there was a there was a period of time uh, in August where every single player in the lineup for the Atlanta Braves had a higher OPS than the league average. Crazy. Which is insane. And the Isn't and the Michael thing is Harrison it's not just the offense that's phenomenal. The defense is phenomenal too. You just mentioned Michael Harris, one of last year rookie of the year in the NL, one of the best center fielders there is. His bat's not necessarily the best in the lineup, but he's in the Braves lineup and he looks pretty good. And the defense is there. You also have Matt Olson at first base, Ozzy Albies at second, Acuna in right, and Sean Murphy behind the plate. The defense is and there. good pitching. They have Strider, and they have uh, Morton, and Freed, and Freed. Yes. No. That's good pitching. They are a juggernaut of a team where everyone is signed for at least the next, I want to say, five years. 2027, I believe, is when the Braves will start to collapse. I think the next... Could start to collapse. Could. That's if they don't could. resign. Yeah. I think their, made, like, their next major free agent coming off of their team is going to be either Albies or Acuna in four years' time. That's incredible. Because they, what the Braves did, which a lot of baseball teams didn't realize they could do, is, hey, maybe we could sign everyone to just all right contracts. You're sure they're not going to be the best contracts you've ever seen, but you're going to be on the same team with these guys who were all studs for the next seven years, That's and you're going to win some than you think to do. They did it. They did it. They did but it. But there's a reason nobody else did it. No, you're right. There's, But not all of these contracts are bad. Uh, trust me, Acuna, when he gets off, is... Gonna find, try and get a bag be, yeah. because he got severely underpaid by the Atlanta Braves. But good, good on the for Braves them. for yeah. doing it when they did. When because I think they signed him either as rookie year or the second year of smart. And yeah, it was very as soon smart. as you know a player is good, sign him. Yeah, sign him. And that's what the Braves do. Yep. Here's the interesting thing: who has the best shot to beat them? You said that's either the Phillies or the Dodgers. It really doesn't look like anyone else has a chance to do much anymore. It seems like it's cleared up because you got the like a lot of teams got humbled that were good in the NL this year. You have the Diamondbacks who have recently been humbled. You got the Giants who are being humbled. The Padres have been humbled since the word go. The Giants don't have that much talent on their roster. And the, the Giants are really Dave Kepler carries that team as the manager. He knows how to put together a good day to day lineup against day to day pitching. Uh, it's just not that good of a team. Yeah, they were never and really going to be great contenders. Uh, the Diamondbacks, also not that good of a team. They're they had, solid. They have Corbin Carroll. They have, do they still have Kettle Marte? I'm sorry, who? Kettle Marte. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Lourdes uh, Goriel. I thought you said Kettle at first. And then Lourdes Goriel. Zach good. Allen as there is. Zach Allen's good. Christian Walker. Yeah, Christian Walker's okay. They they have a solid team. I, I think I this mean, is the start of their rebuild. I didn't expect much young. from them. Yeah, exactly. I didn't 
listen, if I'm and being there's honest, still holes in that team. Oh, oh no, there's, yeah, there's, I'm not, there's plenty of holes. It's they're just not, they had a great start. They're not going to win the whole thing. But you, but again, as we said, the Dodgers are the only team in the NL West you could see doing anything. But then you look at the NL Central. Who do you see doing anything? You got the Cubs, maybe. No. The Brewers, maybe. No. No. And then the Reds. No one from either Central is doing anything. And the the, the Reds, Reds are falling doing off. Either. Yeah. And then the best the best team there is the Brewers, so they're likely going to make the postseason unless the Cubs do a nice push here at the end. And then either in the of those East, teams are not. Afraid. And the East, you have. I mean, the Mets and the Nats are basically out of it, but they are. They yeah. have the Marlins who have fallen off really badly. And then you have the Phillies who have caught fire, but then you have then there's the Braves. So it's the Braves and the Dodgers, the only two teams that are wildly successful there, and the Phillies are the only team that's hot. It's really just a three team race. So can we call the Braves hot if they've just been good all season? No, the Braves aren't hot. They're sorry, just good. the You're Phillies right. have been good. hot. The yeah, Phillies no, no, good. I know. But See, the, the the only reason I say the Phillies are the Dodgers. Are like the teams that can beat them is because I think those are the only two teams that have enough bats in their lineup to put up numbers against the Braves. Because no matter what, the Braves are going to put up numbers against you. True. It just it just might be just an absolute walk to the World Series. It could be. It could be. It could much. be. It could be walk past the World Series. It depends though, because you got to look. Well, let's look at the AL. You have the. It's it's not much. It's, it's not that it's compared not, to the Braves. It's not that. Well, much. let's just eliminate the AL Central instantly. They're using, no one. You could have done that with the NL Central. I don't know why you brought them up. With the AL West, your best bet right now is. I mean, the Rangers have really fallen off, but you have the Mariners who are red hot. But then there's the Strohs who are leading the division, and then there's just and they the, just got swept by the Yankees. And then there's yeah, and then there's just the entire AL East, and the worst one is the. Yankees and the Sox aren't going to do much, but you have the Jays who it—they're so overrated. Though. The Jays aren't good. They're overrated. Boba shuts out for the year, and the Rays who are just Vladdy that, hasn't looked the same. There were two teams in the NL that could that I could see beating the Braves. There's only one team in the AL that I can see. Actually, two teams in the AL that can I can see beating the Braves. Oh, you're going to say Seattle? No, no. no. Strohs and O's. It's the Strohs and O's. He's right. Strews or the O's, I could pretty see. much the same exact team as last year. A couple pitchers and a couple bullpen pieces moving around. I just listen. I ever since 2017, it's been really hard to doubt the Strohs come playoff time. Yeah, they just don't look the same. And the Orioles are just so they they they're just messaging so well as a team that I think they could put up a solid fight. But I, how? But I don't know if you could say the Phillies and not say the Mariners. But how much longer is... I just uh, don't think the Mariners have uh, enough of a bullpen to get them through a playoffs. How much longer is Felix Batista out? Oh, he's probably not pitching for the rest of this year. Yeah, I think he's out for the year. Oh, my... That's huge. It's a blow. That's a huge loss. Yes, they, they lost their closing pitcher. I'll, I'll give them that. But the rest of their starters and relievers have done really well throughout the rest of the year. And their bats are really good. Also inexperienced. That might actually lose them the division because the Rays are not far behind at all. They're only two games, three games back. Yeah, the Rays have also been two games back for the last month and a half. Yeah, they're they're also just a hot mess over there now. It's just it's just kind of like you don't know if they're that good anymore. But anyway, lastly, we have to talk about Shohei Otani, who just got told he will be able to pitch again someday. Not this year, but he will pitch again. So if he's able to pitch, he's still the best hitter in baseball. Where's he? Okay. Where's he going? Uh, is that? I mean, I, I think the question is not necessarily where is he going, 
but what contract is he going to get? What money? Yeah, that's. See, I was going to say that's our question. Is it the initially, first billion dollar contract? What? No, he's never going to be. I think the we're first. losing money. I think we're hemorrhaging money. Right I, now. I think he's going to go for like a two, maybe three year contract. That's going to be one of the biggest two or yeah, three year contracts you've get, ever seen. He's going to get much less time on this, and then and show, probably a little less money. And he's going to try and show teams, hey, I can still do this after injury. I still want my 10-year, $600 million what did contract. He, what did he hurt? Like a rotator cuff, right? It was something in his arm, yes. That they thought it might be. It's, and it just, still could be. I mean, we're hearing reports that it he'll pitch again. But do we know? Yes. Most do like, we? Like, do we know he'll be the same? No, we don't. That That's why That's why you don't give him the money. That's why you don't s- s- get, sign him for that much time. That That's going to be the interesting question. I, I still think you know a team won't necessarily... Uh, be faulted for still paying him like a ten-year, six hundred million dollars. Yeah, you're gonna get a team like the, the like the Mets or something like that that just love to throw money at players. I either way, I think there were teams who already planned to spend that money on him and thought, you know what, we we believe he has that dog in him and he'll you do think it. The anyway. Dodgers is still a possibility. They're never not. They're never not. The Mets, Dodgers, and Yankees are never not a possibility. No, no, the Yankees are not because Shohei's camp told them they're not. Wow. Be a perfect fit left field. <laughs> <laughs> Especially it's if he can't pitch. About the guy hits Carlo. the ball 500 feet every time. He doesn't need the short porch. <laughs> That'll just give him all, every base, every single time he should have hit a double, it would be a home run at Yankee Stadium. Can you imagine the just, records that would come out? It's just every <laughs> single line drive to left field by Shohei Otani is a home run just because it just barely He's already setting records every week. <laughs> just with the short porch, it just wouldn't be fair. Why, why doesn't he want to go there? Because it's New York. It's the Yankees. The same reason Ken Griffey Jr. didn't want to go there is because it's the Yankees. Because I don't like them? Yes. Who does? I do. I, love I think Aaron Judge likes them. <laughs> Maybe. See, there, there are really left? only two camps on the Yankees. Either you like them when you were growing up, or you hate the Yankees. That That's it. Those are the two options. True. Fair. And that's a lock of a take there. And now we're going to move on. To our locks oh, oh, oh. and upsets of the week. Now that was a that was a, that was a bad transition, but as because we, the other ones were phenomenal. Yeah, you're so good at transitions. Normally. Well, let's look at our current standings of the locks and upsets <laughs> of the week. Glanced right over that. <laughs> right now, Liam, you are one and zero with your locks and one and zero with your upsets. To be expected. Rob, you are zero and one with your lock, and you are one and zero with your upset. And I am one and zero, and one and zero on locks and upsets. I'm so the only loss was because me and Rob had a face off on Friday night baseball, where the Yankees took on the Astros. I picked the Yankees, he chose the Astros, and I was right. And that was before I knew Austin Wells and Jason Dominguez were being called yeah, up, yeah, and yeah. I lost all hope for the Yankees organization. Yeah, 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 sure. So, lock Liam, what do you got this week? Uh, Niners Steelers can't believe the money lines are this close. They're only minus 135. Let's take the Niners. All right, and what is your upset? Uh, let's do all the locks first. You want to do all the locks? Yeah. Still looking, aren't you? Yep. There we go. Rob, what is your lock this week? Um, listen, my lock of the week. Now, you might think this sounds biased, but I, I'm telling you it's not. Uh, the Ravens are beating the Texans. It's going to happen it's going to be a bloodbath, and I can't wait to watch. I mean, yeah, they're minus 470. The spread is minus 10. Oh, my gosh. They're getting 10 points. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. It's 
gonna be so. I'm gonna enjoy it. Ben, your lock. My lock of the week is the Vikings defeating the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are a hot mess. I think the Vikings will do just enough. I think the offense of the Bucks is good, but the quarterback is not. So he just beat Kyle Trask. So I think that horrible Vikings defense won't do too bad. I think it will be a little bit of a scoring match, but I think the Vikings will take it pretty handily. So I'm picking the Vikings over the Bucks. All right, Liam, what is your upset of the week? Titans over the Saints, plus 140. Just signed D-Hop. I can't believe it. I can't believe they're a dog. Rob, what do you got? Okay. This might sound crazy here, but I think I'm going to do it anyway. I really like Rockies over the Giants for Sunday Night Baseball this week. Only because the Rockies are on a long road stretch. And the course field effect is real. And when they're on the road, they are worse. But when they are on the road for longer, they get better down the stretch on the road. And it is their last game of this road stretch. So I expect them to beat the Giants. Well, I got, for my upset of this week, I got the UFC. I got Bam Bam Tai Tuivasa defeating Alexander Volkov. The odds are 164 plus 164 for Ty and minus 198 for Volkov. Plus 205, I think. Yeah. So I got Ty beating Volkov on Saturday night. So those are our locks and upsets for the week. And I think that I will once again be now up to four now. And Liam, you'll be two and two. And Rob, you'll be one and three. And I'd love to thank you all for listening. You can follow us on our socials at Dear Hollow Heroes. You can also email us through DearHollowHeroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know what you think about the topics we discussed or a take of your own. Listen to us on most platforms where you get your podcasts. And of course, I want to thank Liam and Rob and have a wonderful rest of your day, everyone. The Yankees are 69 and 69. It's nice. Have a good one.